Amen. So we're going to read tonight from Ephesians chapter uh, chapter 2, and we are uh, going to continue on with our Masterpiece in Progress series. And tonight we're going to be covering verses 11 through 22 of Ephesians chapter 2. And I will say that there are some uh, bonuses for you. Uh, there's at least one bonus that you will find in the e-bulletin that you will not just get uh, here. So uh, you want to connect with the e-bulletin, and uh, you can do that by just uh, texting PLEASE to that number, that 502-200-8425, and uh, that will give you the e-bulletin for tonight. But I do want to start by reading uh, some passage, this portion, passage of Scripture, and I want us to kind of look at this together, verses 11 through 22 of Ephesians chapter 2. If you have your Bibles open or your, your tablet or your phone, if you just want to follow along. It says, Wherefore remember that being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision, in the flesh made by hands. And so... Uh, we see that this, you know, this first verse here, we've got, you know, being in time past, something that uh, you used to be, something that you were. And verse 12 says that at that time, everybody say at that time. He meant at that time, ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers. Everybody say strangers. Strangers. You were strangers. Uh, the scripture says, from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Now that sounds like a, a place that I don't want to be. Right. Without hope, right? right? And you are without God. You're without hope and you're without God. Those, thing, those two things go together, right? right. Uh, but, but I want to just kind of focus on what he's saying, what uh, he is saying to the church here at Ephesus is, he, the first thing he says is, first of all, he said, you used to be God's enemy. You're no longer God's enemy. You used to be apart from God. You used to be away from God. And now you actually have a relationship with the God of heaven. And so it starts off bad. You were God's enemy. You were way far off. You were, things were really bad. And then he says, but now uh, there's some things that are different. And, and he said at that time and, and before time and, and, and back in the past when we look back there, we see that you were God's enemy, but you're no longer God's enemy. And so uh, I want to just kind of go, go through this and I want to I show you that who you are and who you can become and the masterpiece that God is making in your life is made possible by Jesus. Right. It's not made possible by your good works. It's not made possible by uh, your knowledge, by your wealth, by your, uh, you know, your family. It's made possible by Jesus. And so this is what this, the Scripture is telling us here because it goes on in, in, in verse 13. He says, you used to be those things. You used to be, but now... Now, in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. That, that's kind of a powerful statement. He's, you know, if, if you want to say, uh, let's read it in the NASB, it says, But now in Christ Jesus, who you formerly were far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Right. 
You used to be far off, but now you've been brought near because of His blood. It's made possible by His blood. Amen. It wasn't my works of righteousness. It wasn't the things that I had done. It isn't any way that I could have earned it, but because of His blood. We were talking to some people earlier today, and they were they were talking about how uh, they had seen uh, part of a movie that uh, they watched the beating, uh, you know, the, the the beating of Jesus Christ, and. And they were talking about how they couldn't even watch it. It was so it was so gruesome. It really just kind of stuck in their head how violent it was. And 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 you think about that, and you think about the blood that he shed for us, and you think about what he went through for us. And it, and this verse is telling us, you know, you were his enemy. You were far off. You were the one that was causing him all this pain. But now, because of his blood, you are being brought near. Amen. You are being in relationship, put into relationship with him. And so as we look at verse 14, it says, For he is our peace. And you could just preach right there on those five words. He is our peace, who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. And in, in, in the NASB it says, For he himself is our peace, who made both groups into one and broke down the barrier of the dividing wall. Now, this really starts off with a lot of like them and us, right? And, and used to be Gentiles and used to be far off, used to be God's enemy. And, and, and why is he doing this? Why is Paul uh, doing this? And he's doing this because he's referring to the, the Jews and the Gentiles. And he's saying, look, the Jews were God's chosen people and they were the special ones and, and, and you didn't have a shot. You were the enemies of God. You were far off. And he said, but now because of Jesus, you have been grafted in. You have become special. You have been brought near. Just like the children of Israel were near and close to God and they were God's chosen people. He said, now because of the blood of Christ, you are near. You are close. You are His chosen people. And, and and you you think about um, anybody ever heard of the Hatfields and McCoys? Anybody any read anything or saw anything about them? Hatfields and McCoys was a a very brutal. Uh, it, it was horrible. It's just the most. And I'll be honest with you, the most. Ignorant, uh, it seems to me in my mind, the most ignorant few that ever was, and, and Kentucky's popular for it. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, it's kind of frustrating. It's, it wasn't all us. But I, I will say that, you know, this, this feud, this Hatfield and McCoy feud, it started over a pig. And then it escalated, and then it escalated some more. And, and for years, for years, this, this horrible feud took place until uh, it, the feud was kind of really over. But then uh, it was June 13, 2003 that they officially signed a truce. That they weren't. I mean, can you believe that? That's 16 years ago. But can you believe that 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 feud went on for years and years? And there's so many stories that have come out of that. Just uh, incredible things. But but one thing I noticed about it is the feud ended, and they they decided, hey, these two groups can now come together. These two groups can now be one. And uh, it, it's kind of like reminds me of I, I was uh, alive, and I know some of you don't believe that because I look so young. But I was alive in 1989 when the Berlin Wall came down. And it had stood for 28 years. And I, I remember, you know, uh, the president saying, you know, Mr. Gorbachev, take down that wall. And, and, and then to see that wall start coming up, people on both
both sides of the wall and, and just the joy that was in the city. Amen. Just to see the people that had, they, they were just celebrating. It was just an awesome thing. And, and I know a lot of people were, you know, celebrating the fall of communism and all that. But, but it was really, if you look at it, it, it was so much excitement because the barrier wall had come down. Amen. Now that the people who had been separated and east and west had to stay apart and, and even family members were separated and, and it was really a bad situation. But, but when that wall came down, there was such joy that came, amen, back to families, back to that country and something that took place when the barrier wall came down. Well, the Scripture says that He hath made both one. He brought, amen, the Jews and the Gentiles together. And the wall that used to separate them, the wall that used to keep them apart, amen, He said He broke that middle wall of partition down in Ephesians 2.14. And having abolished in His flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in Himself of twain one new man, so making peace. Now, sometimes that gets a little bit complicated. Uh, so it, it says he abolished in his flesh. So in his flesh, when his flesh was crucified, amen, he's the one that broke that wall down. He's the one that made it possible. Without his, without his breaking that wall down because of his uh, death, amen, his burial and his resurrection, without him doing that, we wouldn't have a prayer. We'd still be separated. Yeah. Amen. We would still be the enemies of God. And, and verse 16 says, and that He might reconcile both. He wants to bring not just Jews, but the Gentiles too unto God in one body on the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. There was a hatred. There was a, 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 an angst between the two. Amen. And He said He took that out of the way in one body. Amen. On the cross. By that one act that Jesus uh, did for us on the cross, He made it possible that we could be reconciled. Not just to Him, but that we could be reconciled to one another. And that's where I'm, I'm really getting to. But I, I want to just tell you that when you look at things that are made possible by Jesus and you read this portion, of Scripture. It says, for through Him we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. That means Jews need the Holy Ghost and Gentiles need the Holy Ghost. Amen. Good people need the Holy Ghost and not so good people need the Holy Ghost. Black people need the Holy Ghost. White people need the Holy Ghost. Amen. Asians, Hispanics, everybody needs the Holy Ghost. That's the only way that we all come together. Amen. It's through that one Spirit. And that's the Spirit of Almighty God. Amen. It says, Now there are, therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ Himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. This is what's made possible by Jesus. We've got some privileges. Yes. We would not be afforded these privileges had Jesus not died on the cross. Had He not made a way, we would not be able to, first of all, have peace. Because His blood brings peace. The Scripture says, uh, the, the, one, the first one that we read, verse 14, For He is our peace. 
peace. The only way we have peace is if we have Jesus. Amen. Amen. You've ever you've probably seen the, the marquee sign that says no Jesus, like N-O Jesus, and then it says uh, no peace, like N-O peace, but then on the bottom it says no K-N-O Jesus, K-N-O peace, no Jesus, no peace. If you, if you know Jesus, if you realize it was His blood, amen, on the cross that made it possible for us to have eternal life and salvation with Him, then we realize His blood brings peace into our lives. The other thing that the cross does, and the other thing that Jesus has done, made possible by Jesus, is reconciliation. And now, I used to think that reconciliation was just a bank term, that it really just meant, you know, you get your bank statement. I just got through, done with an audit this week, and I'm going through all my missions books and everything, and I had to make sure every line was, you know, every line in the ledger matched every line on the bank statement. You know what I'm talking about? That's what reconciliation, you reconcile your accounts and make sure that everything lines up. And then, you know, I remember one time several years ago, I had like five cents, and I couldn't figure out where that five cents was. And I was like, man, and I got to give account for this five cents. And I went, I mean, I told my wife, I probably spent six hours looking for five cents. And it was so frustrating to be able to try to reconcile that five cents. And I'm like, man, you know, I got to the place where I was almost like, you know what? I don't even know this five cents is worth it. I'll just, I'll just. I'll deposit five cents and we'll, we'll, we'll call it a day. But, but, but one of the things that I notice with Jesus is it makes it possible for us because of the cross to be reconciled to Him. Now we can be in right relationship. We had no prayer without the cross. We had no prayer without Jesus. But because of the cross, we, you and I, the sinners, the ones that were enemies and far away from God, now we can be reconciled amen, and in perfect relationship with Jesus Christ. And it goes even further. He doesn't just say in relationship with Him, but He says that we were reconciled to each other. And what that means is that I may not like you very much. And you might not like me very much. But when the Holy Ghost comes into our life, we ought to be able to get along, Crystal. Amen. Sister Diane, I know you're watching. It's hard sometimes to get along with Crystal, but I'm trying. That was just for Diana. I love you, Diana. No, the truth is, if you have a problem with somebody, if you've got the Holy Ghost and they've got the Holy Ghost, we ought to be able to work it out. Why? Because Jesus didn't hold our sins and our transgressions and our problems and our issues against us. And so He says, look, because of what I've done, I'm bringing you in. I am reconciling you to me and I'm reconciling you to each other. Amen. The Bible says that we would be reconciled both unto God in one body. Because of Jesus, amen, you and I can get along. Amen. Amen. You might not like me, but get over it. And if you can't get over it, then pray through. Amen. And if I got a problem with you and I can't get over it, I need to pray through. Amen. Why? Because we are brought together. We have reconciliation privilege because of the cross. And then the Bible says that we have access to God. It says that we aren't strangers. We aren't foreigners anymore. Amen. It says we have access by one Spirit unto the Father. That means because of the Spirit of God that lives on the inside of you. Amen. When you repented of your sins and you were baptized in Jesus' name and He filled you with His Spirit and gave you the gift of the Holy Ghost and you spoke in a language that you had never learned before, something awesome took place in you. It was powerful. Amen. It was so awesome because you now have access. You were given access. 
access to the Father because of what Jesus has done in your life. And I want to tell you today, if you are wondering, how am I going to make it? How is this going to be possible? What is God going to do? Well, you have access. Amen. You have access. You have a, a, an open door to be able to go to God. The Bible says that you can approach the throne boldly. Amen. It doesn't, well, I know God, I need this God. No, uh, I know, I know, I know, I really hate. No, He says you can approach boldly if He's put His Spirit on the inside of you and you're going through something. You can say, hey, God. What are you going to do about my family? Hey, God, what are you going to do about my church? What are you going to do about my financial situation? Hey, God, uh, you put your spirit on the inside of me. You gave me access. You said I could come boldly. And so here I am, God. I'm asking you for some grace. I'm asking you for healing. I'm asking you for mercy. I'm asking you for forgiveness. Amen. You can come boldly to his throne. Amen. You have access. And then the last thing is that we are citizens. Everybody say citizens. Citizens. i got to be careful. I don't want to get in trouble here. Because there's a lot of people that are talking weird stuff about citizenship right now. And what it is and what it's not. You know, all this wonderful stuff that's going on in our country and government. And man, everybody's just got different terms that they use. And you know, so I'm going to try not to be too political here. But But when you look at this, it says you aren't aliens, you aren't foreigners, you aren't strangers. I told you, I'm going to be careful. But what he's basically saying is, you were a bunch of illegal aliens. You were a bunch of foreign. You were so far out, you weren't supposed to be here. He said, but what he did was he made it possible, amen, through his blood for you to receive citizenship, for you to become a citizen. Now, I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm I'm completely 110% behind the fact that everyone that wants to be a citizen in America should be able to become a citizen in America. But I will also say, I want them to do it the right way. Amen. If I'm going to be a citizen in God's kingdom, I have to do that the right way. If somebody's going to come into our country, I want them to come the right way. I'm sorry I told you I was going to be too political, but that's just... That's the way I look at it. What what if what if somebody tried to come and they tried to become a citizen without Jesus? They tried to be a citizen in the kingdom of heaven without Jesus. You can't do it. Amen. And if we are going to be citizens, amen, in America, we can do that the right way too. That's okay. Amen. Amen. Well, y'all got real quiet. Got nervous. Man, he said you're not any you're not illegal citizens anymore. You're not illegal aliens. He said you did it the right way. You came through the blood. Amen. I made it possible for you and you took advantage of the opportunity that I gave to you. And so now you are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. What a powerful statement. We have peace. We have reconciliation. We have access to God and we are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. What a masterpiece. What a masterpiece. We have peace and it's not just peace with God, but it's peace with each other. Amen. Have you ever have you ever ran into somebody that you didn't like all that much? You know, and you said something like this. You said something like somebody say, "Well, I love them, Jesus, but I don't like them right now." You ever feel that way? I love them. I love them, Jesus, because you love them. But I don't know if I love them because I like them. And you, you felt that way. Everybody's felt that way. You get we get frustrated. And the good thing is, 
that God has made it possible for us to make things right. Amen. We can be more like Jesus. He's making us more like Him. That's the masterpiece. The, we were ignorant and bullheaded and stubborn and we did our own thing. And, and He's taking us and He's making us more like Him. And Jesus loves everybody. And Jesus can get along with everybody. The only people Jesus can't, couldn't get along with was people who wouldn't lay down their pride and their religious habits. <laughs> That they prided themselves on. And he, he, he didn't like those people too much, but he still loved them. He still reached out to them. And I think you and I have got to get to the place where we are becoming more and more like Jesus in his image. Amen. His masterpiece. So peace with God and peace with others is possible because of Jesus. There are some people, and you've heard me say it a hundred times, some people that you can only love with the Holy Ghost. You can only love with God's help. Yes. They, they push every button that you have. But you know what? If we're becoming more like Jesus, you know what He is called? He is called the Prince of Peace. And so, the Prince of Peace is doing a work in our life making us His masterpiece. Well, hmm. some of you didn't see that coming. If I'm His masterpiece, then I'm becoming more and more like the Prince of Peace. The Scripture says, and just to quote my good friend Josh Cooper, blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. I asked him, you know, something about him and Jessica. He said, Pastor, blessed are the peacemakers. I mean, I said, poor Jessica, she's not in here. She can't defend herself. Y'all don't tell her I said nothing. Blessed are the peacemakers. Amen. The Scripture says, blessed are the peacemakers. They shall inherit the earth. Amen. And, you know, what happens whenever we are peacemakers is God's handiwork is being displayed in us. It, it's not displayed in us when we get on social media and we act stupid. It's not, it's not displayed in us when we fight with people at the restaurant or at the store. and We're, you know, oh, you don't know who I am. and How dare you treat me like that? And, you know, we're supposed to be Christians, right? We're supposed to be in His image. We're supposed to be bringing peace and spreading peace everywhere we go. And I'm not saying it's, it's wrong to get aggravated or if somebody, you know, attacks or threatens you or something. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying... On a daily basis, if you're on social media ranting and raving and acting a fool, come on, somebody. Right. Amen. You are not displaying the Prince of Peace. Right. Right. So we have God's handiwork for all to see at work in our lives. You're not God's enemy anymore. You're His masterpiece. You've been brought near, amen, by the blood of Jesus. As we close today, I wonder if you just stand with me. The Scripture is very clear that we don't have to go outside of Jesus for our peace. We don't have to go outside of Jesus for our hope. Amen. It says, remember the first scripture we were reading, it said, without hope and without God. Why would we ever want to go back to that? I mean, my worst day living for God, my worst day of trying to become who Jesus wants me to be is always better than my best day was before God. But I read something this week in my Bible reading. Many of you probably read it too. It's how the children of Israel, they were, they were talking. They got to thinking about Egypt. And they said, man, we got, to, we got to eat good food there. We didn't have to buy it. 
we didn't have to eat this stupid manna. We had herbs and we had all kinds of manna. We just had the best of everything. And this is what the scriptures said. This is what really got me. It says that they started looking for a leader who would lead them back to Egypt. <laughs> Woo! I said, God, don't ever let me get to the place where I look for somebody or something that will take me back to where you brought me from. You, you brought me so far, God, and I, I don't really deserve it. And I know that, I, man, when people look at me and my life, they're like, if you know, I had a former, you know, a former person that was in my life that we know that if God can use you to pastor people, He can use anybody. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know what? That's a testimony right there. That, that, that's just going to show you that, amen, I am His masterpiece. I don't deserve to be here. But I prayed. I, that day it really struck me. And I said, God, don't ever let me go back to where you brought me from. Amen. So today as we close, I wonder if you would just uh, talk to God. And I wonder if you'd spend some time saying, God, whatever you're doing in my life, don't let me get weary and well-doing. Don't let me get frustrated or bent out of shape with pastor or anybody else and be thinking that I need to go back and I need to backslide and move back into some things that make me more comfortable. But God, let me keep moving forward and becoming the person that you want me to be. Let me be your masterpiece. Amen. This altar is open if you want to pray here, if you want to pray where you're at. I wonder if you just spend a few moments, amen, surrendering your life to God again, just saying, God, take over. Lord, I can't do this by myself. I need your peace in my life. I need your strength in my life. Let's just spend some time talking to Him right now.